Hey, can we cuss on your podcast? It's guys sitting around chewing the fat. He made me ride here in the bed. You guys didn't see that. them off for a few minutes anyway 30 minutes or whatever get comfy yeah let me uh get this whole thing worked out yeah this thing was holding on by a thread earlier (laughs) now i think think we're i think we got it (laughs) yeah in a good spot now it was quite frantic getting in here and (laughs) set up we were just going by security and be like yeah we're doing a podcast and then yeah it's crazy what confidence will get you oh for sure (laughs) because we had no passes nothing we're just like we pulled up we walk up to the gate and they're like looking at us, where's your badge? And we're like, I kind of paused. And he was like, oh, we're here doing an interview with the band. And he was like, oh, okay, come on in. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So, yeah, it's like petrifying and awesome yeah. at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? So Shane Smith, thanks What's for up? having us. Yeah, man. Down to well, San Antonio. Thank you all for having me. I oh, appreciate yeah. It. Um, yeah, um, we uh, we just got done sound checking, though. Yeah. And uh, we got San Antonio Rodeo tonight. And um our first time getting to getting to headline this thing so it'll pretty be a big deal it'll be yeah, pretty cool awesome. yeah i'm excited we for saw it. you in soundcheck and it was i mean it sounded good and it's a big place yeah man well i appreciate it hopefully yeah. hopefully it'll fill up here in the next couple hours oh, i'm sure it will yeah. so before we start i gotta say one thing mm-hmm. the chiefs just won the super bowl yeah your dad was a kicker wasn't he yeah yeah he was but it was like he wasn't uh you know i think he played like several preseason games right. he was trying to get into law school at the time he played football at notre dame and uh was a kicker at notre dame and my his side of the family there's like a big legacy from from notre dame football on his side of the family his dad my grandfather uh uh lank lank smith was uh he he's still i i think he held records there up until like even in the last several years, I don't know if he might still hold some, but he was one of Leahy's lads. Coach Leahy was like a legendary coach for Notre Dame, and um, my grandpa played for um, uh, under him, and he was like considered one of Leahy's lads or whatever when they were undefeated his like entire uh, college career. And um, and anyways, my, I've got a couple uncles that played there, and and my dad played at Notre Dame as well under Parsegian, hmm. and. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, went over to play uh, with the Chiefs for like um, I think several preseason games, and, um, uh, and that was under uh, Hank Stram. Yeah. And uh, and Hank Stram and my grandpa were uh, good buddies, and and my grandpa would like recruit for for Hank Stram and stuff like that on the side, and um, all while being an attorney in Dallas. You know, my dad, my grandpa was just obsessed with football and balance. And so was constantly, you know, sending them stats of like high school players in Texas and like, you need to, you need to go (laughs) scout this kid, you know? And he would do that with the coaches at Notre Dame and also with uh, Hank Stram as well. Yeah. Did you, did you get to uh, watch the game at home or were you on the road? Uh, No, I got to watch it at home and. uh, Are you a Chiefs fan or do you care? Uh, man, I still, I mean, you know, I'm still a fan. I'm, I'm a, I'm a big Cowboys fan and, and, right. um, Texas guy and you know, it's yeah. And, uh, you know, I grew up an hour East of Dallas. And so, 
you know, you got to be a Cowboys yeah. fan if, you, <laughs> right. if you're on this side of Tyler, and, and even if you're in Tyler, I feel like. But uh, anyways, yeah, so I grew up being a Cowboys fan, but obviously there was always, you know, there was some Kansas City Chiefs stuff right. hanging up in the mm-hmm. house, and yeah. so it was like, yeah. you know, that was that the kind of the 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 side team, you know. Yeah. Kind of a family divided a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I guess a little bit. And and even dad is a Cowboys fan, but I yeah. think he's got the same syndrome as everybody. He's just worn out being <laughs> right. a Cowboys fan. Poor you know? <laughs> Postseason just sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so it's safe to say that you didn't follow in your dad's footsteps in football. Man, I I'm not uh I don't oh. know if I'm tall enough, dude. I'm Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen like, uh, Isaiah Pacheco? He's not too tall. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I'd probably have to bench more. (laughs) I'd have to do something better. So you got into music. Obviously, at some point, you decided you wanted to make it your full-time deal. You did the thing. Mm -hmm. When did you realize, like, when did you look around and think, like, holy shit, we actually made it? Like, not when you wanted to make it, but, like, we did make it. Like, we're doing this for a living. Man, I still don't know that, you know, the term made it is such a relative term, and I I still don't know that I have – that thought of like, oh, we've made it. I think it's more, um, in in a weird way, it's it's kind of like, uh, I don't know. It's like one breadcrumb at a time, right. almost. Yeah. It's like you get down this long, long rabbit hole of pursuing it, and 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 um, I think it was Judy Hubbard had mentioned this. It's kind of like the uh, survival of the fittest in a weird way. Right. You know, it's kind of like whoever is willing to just keep doing it for <laughs> yeah, long yeah. enough and, and keep working hard. And that's not the case for everybody I know, but it just depends on how hard you try to go at it. You and, know? And, and, and what, you know, what is your intention behind it? What are you, what are you trying to, you know, are you wanting to, to, to be a band with a, a big, like, huge sounding live show or are you wanting to be someone that just records like crazy and puts yeah. out incredible sounding music on 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 recordings yeah you know are you wanting to you know have a be a front man with guys that you don't you, you don't even know the musicians yeah. that you're playing with each night or do you want to be a even split band do you want to yeah. be a hybrid of that like what do you want you know and i think that that's the question you got to keep asking yourself and and uh and and then just try to okay well like what do we got to do to get there and and we've just you know we pounded the pavement for such a long time um and then we finally you know we had a following it just wasn't like massive like i I, i'm like proud to say that like even in 20 i would say it was like 2018 2019 we had around you know 300,000 monthly listeners Yeah. yeah and that was without on spotify and that was without us ever having any playlisting ever on Spotify. Mm-hmm. So that is 300 and something thousand people throughout the world or U.S. primarily and, and, and uh, of actual fans that like yeah. looked us up and heard us at a bar and kept listening. Because normally, dude, it, it's like it fluctuates so much on your monthly listeners, you know, and, really? and it depends on if like you might get playlisted on some big a Spotify curated playlist and all of a sudden your monthly listeners jump by a hundred thousand that yeah. month or something. It's crazy. And, and so I'm, I'm like actually very proud of that number. The fact that we were able to get like 300,000 or whatever on our own without any label, without any, anybody yeah. pushing it. And, uh, and then, you know, everything kind of took a turn for us in, in 2019, 
we had worked our butts off like long enough to be able to get in a bus for the first time. We'd been in RVs, oh, we'd been in vans and all this stuff. <laughs> and we got in a bus and it was a, it wasn't like a Prevost, but it was like a MCI, like a shorter bus. Yeah. And in late 2019, you know, we were taking a turn and we had just released the album Hail Mary. Yep. And that was our last studio album that we've released actually. And that was in June of 2019. So it's been a minute since yeah. we put, dropped a, a, a studio album. And uh, that summer, there was just this great momentum going on, and um, and it felt like it was starting to maybe, you know, there was like a light at the end of the tunnel or whatever, because that was a time of very serious questioning on, like, how long can we do this and sustain? And right. then, and then, boom, we had, a, you know, a bus fire. Most people know that. Yeah. We had a bus fire in uh, – in the fall of 2019 and lost all of our equipment, lost all of our merchandise, lost all of our, everything, our bus, our car keys, you know, like <laughs> everything. And, and so that was like a, you know, it was almost like, Oh my God, is this just like not meant to happen? You know, like maybe this is it. And, and I was a, our management at the time, our booking at the time, like everything the the team that we had was just not where I, in my mind thought we needed to be. And, um, you know, they're all, it was all wonderful people, but it was just like, it wasn't what, it wasn't moving the needle the way that yeah, we what, needed it to move, clicking. you know, when you do something for that long and you don't see progress, it's like, you got to just at a certain point be like, Oh my God, someone yeah. do something, <laughs> you know? Cause like, I feel like I'm just spinning in a wheel here. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, that was that point in time where, you know, kind of going into that, it was still feeling like that. And then that bus fire happened and it was like, Oh, well. But we did what we do. We got in a U-Haul. We made the show happen that night. We showed up in Lubbock at, at midnight, and the opening band um, let us play through all their stuff. Um, and uh, and we played that night. And then the next night we played in, in Oklahoma City uh, with, you know, again, we, we got a U-Haul uh, trailer, and, and someone in Austin had – uh, an RV that we could lease and, and they drove it up on a flatbed. Nice. They pulled it with a truck on a flatbed trailer, dropped it off. And then, uh, it, they like, what did they do? It was like the weirdest thing. They like, they pulled, they were in an RV pulling a flatbed with their truck on it. And nice. so then they got the truck off, hooked it up to the flatbed and drove right back to Austin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was pretty hilarious to see, but, um, Anyways, and that's what got us through the weekend. And we were playing one show with Co. in Wichita, I think, Kansas. Good God. And he and his buddies all, you know, and we all just used their gear for that show. Because we didn't have gear to play, you know. and um, But we managed to get through the weekend is all I'm getting at. And and then it was kind of like coming out of that was like this moment of, I just remember being like, okay, now what? Now what? Like what in the world? And, uh, well, I was there, yeah. I was there at Wichita. I was in the viewing stand. And oh, no it kidding. Was, it, it went well. So yeah, <laughs> no, it worked out, dude. It worked out. It's just, uh, but we've always been, we've always been scrappers. We've always yeah. been like trying to make it happen. We never will cancel a show. I think we've had to cancel one show before and it was because we got stranded in a blizzard at the Denver <laughs> airport. Yeah. And that was the only show I think we've ever right. had, like had to actually cancel last yeah. minute. And, uh, Anyways, but that's kind of our story in a nutshell. And we finally, coming out of that, long story short, we we ended up, in a weird way, it drew attention back to us 
it was like a bad PR thing or yeah. something. Like it helped in a weird way. Um, man, if TikTok were around, that would have been useful. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. My God, like yeah. that video or whatever of it just on fire with nobody <laughs> showing up for 45 minutes, that probably would have been pretty cool yeah. at the time to, to get some kind of exposure, but that wasn't around at the time. And, yeah. and, um, or if it was, we didn't know about it. And, um, anyways, but we ended up getting with, uh, getting with new management within like two months of that. And then once we were with new management, it was like within that year, um, we were playing a bar in, uh, Aspen at the belly up this like basement bar in Aspen. That's tiny, but it's legendary. Like Foo Fighters will do sh- pop-up shows yeah, oh, there yeah. still today, you know, nice. like, um, and, uh, anyways, but our band, our manager Brian was friends with the owner. He was friends with a couple guys that were in town for this music conference the night we were playing, and it was like a Thursday or Wednesday or something like that. And I was just kind of like, dude, I hope anyone shows up to that. I don't know what this is going to be like. <laughs> and sure enough, it was shoulder to shoulder packed out. And uh, one of the guys that came out to hear us that night was uh, Jay Williams, um, who's uh, you know uh, like Chris Stapleton's direct agent and. Yeah. Uh, and uh, all kinds of guys, like Luke, from Luke Bryan to Chris Stapleton to Dirk Bentley, a bunch of different folks. And um, anyways, he, you know, we we ended up talking to him like that night, uh, yeah. or you know, through email or whatever. And and then he was on board, and it was yeah. like, oh shit, you know, That's like awesome. now there's finally, and and it and that was like a domino effect, and it just became like a a new breath and a new wave, and and since then, <laughs> I mean. Like I said, it took a turn. You know, that's yeah. what I was getting at earlier when yeah. I first started telling this. It was just because, like, essentially we went a really, really dark <laughs> direction yeah. there for a second, and then it took a turn, and and it was kind of a domino effect from there. And, and the biggest one coming out of it was uh, Taylor Sheridan from Yellowstone being a fan, and we didn't realize that. And, and then he, he started, like, writing us into the show. And it that was just insane. like – and I don't even think he knew about the fire. I don't think he knew any. Really? I, I don't know. I mean, um, but I've talked to him several times since then, but I don't think we've ever talked about that. And um, and uh, anyways, but, dude, he saved our ass in a huge way and, yeah. and just helped us, like, get some, just get some exposure, you know. Yeah, that's some big exposure. We're not on a done. label or anything. Like, yeah. y- you got to get it somehow. And a lot of people now, that's why labels are so, like, wait what is going on is because of tiktok and yeah you see different bands that are just going going viral and and that's just like how it works now and being a band that's like you know done it for such a long time right. it's kind of like hard to see sometimes you know you're just like oh what like <laughs> yeah. is that what we needed to do or yeah. something but but at the same time it's like man you gotta you gotta give credit where it's due and like it's uh it's an amazing thing to see anybody succeed at anything. And, and it's at the end of the day, you just gotta, you you know, you gotta love seeing people succeed. And and that's, that's what it's about. And and everybody's got a different path. And and I think that in this industry, everybody goes through a very difficult time. Some people go through that difficult time up front. Others go through it on the back end, you know? And I think that that's just like a cycle that, that, I think it it happens with this, and I gotta and give you credit where credit's due. Your new single, your voice on all the ways, 
insane. Oh, thank you, man. I, I mean, it. we walked in on it and was we hit like, you right in the heart, perfect man. Timing. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Just that's you cool. and the piano. That's badass. It is really. Yeah. It's a. It's a really good song. I yeah. appreciate it. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, for the new album. Yeah, man. It's no, it March one. Yeah, it's March one. And like I said, it's. You know, it's the first. Uh, yeah. My wife keeps trying to call me, so I'm gonna just send her a photo of our <laughs> of our interview setup. <laughs> but uh, anyways, yeah, March one it comes out, and that's the first uh, first studio album we've had out. I think in five years since Hail Mary, you said? if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, which is crazy. So along the way, when you were you were doing the bar shows and you were scrapping and stuff, mm-hmm. who gave you your big break and said, "Hey, come open for us." You know, a um, big name. Man, it was a combination. Um, the first time we got to play out of state, I'll never forget, was with uh, Turnpike Troubadours. And we got to know those guys Holy very shit. very early on. And, yeah, we uh, are. Our group of friends around our area, we are huge Turnpike guys. Oh, dude, for sure. Yeah. It's hard not to be, man. Oh, yeah. Um, they all but, uh, pretty down to earth, pretty cool guys. Yeah, man, they're all they're all great guys. And and, um, and they work their butts off to get where they are, you yeah. know, and, and – um, they they even like overworked you know to get where they are yeah. and, and and it took a toll on them and they they had to take a second and yeah. then, and then they've managed to bounce back and i'm i'm stoked for them i'm Bigger proud of them ever, really yeah oh for sure yeah. yeah and um and it's awesome to see you know and um because i remember seeing it like early on when we would be touring with them and i was just like how are they sustaining this yeah. like i just was thinking to myself like i don't know that these dudes are even going home like ever <laughs> And, just um, living on the and road. then you would see them months later and it was just like, oh man, like, I just don't know how, you know, it's yeah. It, yeah. that, that will make you lose your mind Burn when you, when you tour quick. like that. And, and you just never stop. You never have normalcy. And, uh, and a lot of times it's like, people call it like the weekend warrior thing where it's like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, then you're back home for Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. Yeah. They were doing that. I think they were doing a lot of that stuff, but it was like, not really going home like yeah. you, you know you know it would the thursday friday saturday would turn into an extra sunday gig came up or a wednesday thursday friday and then yeah. before you know it there's like maybe monday off <laughs> and then it's like well we can't get all the way back to oklahoma right. from here you know i think it was that type of deal for years and years and years and um but anyways i back to you know initially what i was saying is like originally those those were the first guys that we got to go out of state with and it was just a really cool thing and you know, I still am so thankful for them letting us, you know, play those shows with them. And John Folk, their agent, was was still their agent back then. And I would hit him up and, you know, this is at a time where I had like a calendar. I was still in college and I had a calendar where every open mic night I could find in Austin. <laughs> and I would like go just play open mic nights acoustic. And, and so I had my booking calendar and I'm like, I would go hit like, four open mic nights in one yeah. night just to try to meet people when right. I first moved to Austin in like 2009 or so. And, um, anyways, and I would hit up John Folk and just be like, dude, like what shows can we open? We're just trying to get out there. We'll do them for free, yeah. you know, or whatever. And we would just, we would drive to, I remember we did like Fayetteville, Arkansas with them. We did Kansas city, Missouri with them. And, um, knuckleheads like the little room of yeah. knuckleheads um we played with them we did the small room at georgia's majestic in fayetteville <laughs> and i remember a fight broke out like in the middle of their set like in that front tiny room and it was just like you can't fit 
yeah. a mouse in this place, you know, like it was yeah. just like so crazy. And, and I remember seeing over the course of about nine months, I remember seeing it go from that when like no one knew who they were to, to, uh, just this massive, you know, like you couldn't find a room big enough, um, or a dance hall big enough, you know, to fit them in. And, and so that was really cool to see. And I think that was the moment of being like, man, doing this out of state is just, it just opens your eyes to a whole nother level of it. And it's just so, it's so much fun, especially at that age, like just getting out there and right. seeing new places and stuff all the time. And yeah, I you know, an eight hour drive doesn't feel like an eight hour drive, <laughs> yeah. you know, when you're in that, that phase of your life. Well, I notice on this tour, you're going out of country now. Uh, do you enjoy doing those shows or? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it, now, I mean, we haven't done a ton of it. Like we did a, we did like a pub crawl thing years and years ago in Ireland. Me and Bennett, our fiddle player, did and yeah, yeah. And then we did. Did he a, wear a shirt? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if he was wearing a shirt for that one. It, it's a little Surely colder. Not. He's normally overalls, no shirt guy. Yeah. And um, but uh, over there might have been different. I don't remember. But <laughs> uh, we also did a a thing that was overseas in Malaysia. In like 2016, we played a festival over there, and. Um, that was crazy, and that was a full band deal. Um, it was just super random, but it was a lot of fun. And then, and then this past year, we went over to Europe and played in like Denmark and in in the UK some. And uh, this May, we're going back after our Red Rock show. We're gonna pretty much, I think, do one private event in Texas, and then we've got to fly, or no, it's in Atlanta. We got to fly to Atlanta for a private event, and then we're going straight over seas from there nice but denmark man we we played denmark back in august and um i, I mean all the stops were amazing but uh we played this it's like a uh, tonder is like how an american would read it but it's like a uh, tundra or tundra or something like that is how they huh. pronounce it i'm probably just butchering that <laughs> completely but um it's something like that and anyways uh that was really cool getting to just be totally out of your element and there's like several thousand people there just jamming like yeah. Yeah, and cool. and it was a festival you know it's not like there are fans but they were just like so open to new music and that's they were awesome. there to hear new music whereas yeah. in america think about it you go to a festival most especially like younger folks like i think older people are like this but younger generations i noticed like they go there to hear a band that they know yeah you know what i mean yeah and yeah. And I don't know that it like it is not like that over there. It's more they're like they're showing up like, oh dude, there's supposed to be this awesome band from Texas there. There's supposed to be this band from Lithuania show you know, or whatever That's and awesome. or a DJ from somewhere Iceland. <laughs> yeah. And and it's all word of mouth and it's all just everyone stoked to yeah. to hear new. You know, yeah. it's not about like, God, they're not playing my song. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. It's yeah. very different. And it's cool. very cool. And, um, people just, just want to listen to music. And man, yeah, there's some videos of us playing that over there. And like, you know, there's like one song where we'll like try to get people like jump up and down and just get hyped or whatever. And dude, these, they were like jumping everywhere. Like they were all about <laughs> it. And they had no clue, I think, who we were, but they were totally yeah. there for it. And that's so, the ideal crowd. Oh, God. Yeah. It was, it was great. And, uh, so we're going back there, uh, but to Copenhagen, I think, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. And um, 
Anyways, I probably shouldn't say any of these because they probably haven't even. I don't even know if they're. I think they're announced. I'm not sure, but yeah. Regardless, yeah, we're going back over, and it's going to be awesome. The big, the big show uh, that we're getting to play is. Uh, it's called uh, Roy, uh, Royal Albert Hall. Yeah. And if you've never seen that, it's like. It's like this legendary, massive room. Um, I don't know. It's worth a Google, but it's called yeah, Royal yeah. Albert Hall and right. for a festival that we're uh, playing. And, um, it's like the Highway Fest. Yeah. And a couple other bands are going to be on that one. And our buddy Tanner Ussery is going to come and hang and open open some of the shows as well. Or I think all of them, actually. And so, anyways, it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Heck, yeah. I've got a quick question that I've always wanted to ask somebody. Mm-hmm. What happens when you're right up there singing on stage and you have to burp? Or like you got a cough. Like, oh, do dude, you have I'm to watch what you eat it. and drink before? Like, yeah. do you have to fast all day before? Yeah, or what? man, I'm no uh, beer, <laughs> dude. I uh, I used to. Th- yeah, the thread is real. Let me just tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> it's but a, it seems like no one ever you gotta watch up, it, dude. or they cover yeah. it really easy. They're dude, really you gotta well. watch it. Yeah, and it, it's like there's an art to it, and it's like just getting off the mic like slightly, you know, <laughs> and just like you know. Co's got to be extremely but, good at it. Man, as much stuff what? I don't know. Oh, look at Randy over there. My man. That's our bus driver, Randy, in the other room. Is he pulling? Peeking what's over. he doing? Peeking in on I don't you? know. Yeah, he's seeing what's up. But, um, <laughs> yeah, what's, what's anyways, it, oh, go ahead. It, well, so I used to like not eat at all hours and hours before, mm-hmm. or, and I, I would like maybe have a drink or something, but I wouldn't do beer, nothing carbonated yeah, for sure. sure. Yeah. And, uh, it the weirdest thing. Like growing up, I never could burp. Like I couldn't do it. I literally <laughs> couldn't do it until I was like thirty years old. Right. When I have it's the no worst clue time. why. I don't know if do my it. like anatomy is messed up. It's like not normal or something. But I like finally learned how to do that. Like uh, as now an that you're adult, not supposed it's to. the craziest thing. Yeah. <laughs> now that it messes with your job. You're exactly. To, there you go. No, hundred percent. And Sweet. but it actually helps because like now you can like it's just you know. It makes it easier to be able to control <laughs> what right. you do, and yeah. I feel like it, with with me, I'm like such a big like. It's like big vocals, you know. It's like big open yeah. notes, Strong, you know. Like it's ears. not like soft, sweet stuff, right. and and so that's you know you really do have to be careful with it. And so now I will eat before, but it'll normally be at least an hour and a half or an hour before. Right. And but if I start to push that, like. Yeah. You gotta be careful. I mean, you yeah, you're probably gonna burp in the yeah. middle of a chorus or something, and yeah. all of a sudden you know, it'll be a split second where no one will hear you. It's because you just burp, you know. Yeah. But that's a good question. I don't know that anyone's ever asked me that. Yeah. Do you still get excited? When yeah. You, when you do the same songs every night, do you ever get tired of doing the same songs? Man, I th- yeah. I mean, you do. There's like certain ones where my whole thing is like, there's some of them where it's like, man, I would have. I just think we could have done that better if we yeah. did it now. Oh, right. Like right. like the song Cocaine Habit. A lot of people like the song Cocaine Habit, and I like the song Cocaine Habit, mm-hmm. but there's something about it like that just bothers me. We've never, in my opinion, we've never had good recordings of our music. Yeah. We've always been a live band, and it's like, well, you got to see them live. You know, it's always yeah. that conversation because the recordings, you know, don't do them justice or whatever. It's like, I've heard that feedback for over 10 years now. And, and I think it's true. Like we've never really captured that all that great. And I think we did a much better job on the Hail Mary record with Mark Needham 
and now on this new one i think it's by far the most us sounding record we've ever put out and it sounds huge like it sounds awesome and so i'm like very excited to get this this new one out because to me it's like a it's almost like a weight off of your shoulders when you've had that thought subconsciously for such a long time there's like a whole thing of like okay i'm fine i'm like really proud to send this to everybody it's like let everybody hear this you know and and then see what they think of it. And, yeah, that's awesome. And my voice has also changed so much over the years from just, for lack of better words, damage done to my vocal cords and stuff. Like, you know, there were, there was a time where we were doing years of, of shows on 6th Street where it would be four-hour sets, but we were like the band at this one venue that, like, if anyone canceled, they would call us. And, like, oh, yeah. we would all the time do back-to-back sets in mm-hmm. one night. It was like eight hours of singing yeah. and like, <laughs> it's gotta be tough straight. Yeah. I mean, straight up. And, and the guy yeah. that ran it was like a total loose cannon at that time and would <laughs> freak out if you took more than like a five or 10 minute break. I swear, <laughs> like freak out, like yelling in front of patrons at you, like stuff like that. And anyway, so it was like, we weren't taking breaks really. <laughs> like, and Quick little bottle we were of nervous about running, crossing the wrong path with him or whatever yeah. but anyways, yeah i almost yeah. get a i almost get a colter wall vibe with your voice now mm-hmm. and i was gonna ask if you ever, he's probably in the same boat i'm sure he's ever talked to him or thought about doing a song with him because you guys yeah, would no i've talked to him before he seems like an amazing guy i've never like hung out with him for yeah. an extended period of time but one night we we had a really cool moment in nashville looking back it was really cool at the time everybody was just like just kind of tour zombies or whatever. Like no one really <laughs> thought anything of it at the time. Cause we were, everybody was nobodies at, at that time. But like we, we were going through Nashville and there was a club called the exit Inn, which I think it shut down. And then I think it reopened. So thank God. I, I'm pretty sure it didn't shut down, but it was an old rock club that literally everybody has gone through from beastie boys to BB King. Like everybody has played this place. And, um, it's a legendary room in Nashville and it probably holds 300 people or something like that. And we were playing there on a Thursday night and we show up to load in, in our terrible van and our terrible trailer (laughs) and our terrible equipment. And, um, we go to load in and the manager of the venue is like, Hey Shane, come over here real quick. Um, come to my office. I just wanted to run something by you He's like, we, we've, uh, we've got support on the show. Like we've got a, an opener on the show. I wasn't sure if you were aware of that. And I was like, no, I didn't know, but that's fine. That's great. Um, and he was like, do you mind if I bring him back here? I'm going to let y'all meet. And then he's asking if his buddy can open for him. And I was like, yeah, that's great. Like, I don't care. Like we'll figure it out. Like if, if there's going to be three of us, that's perfectly fine. But he's like, okay, cool. And, he introduced me to him and uh it was uh Tyler Childers was opening for us and oh. then his buddy he was like, Hey dude, my um my uh my good buddy is down here, he's living out of his truck, you know, he doesn't have any place to stay, he's literally like sleeping out of his truck, just like gigging. Do you care if he plays in front of me? And uh and I was like, Yeah, of course. I I don't care, man and he's like, uh it's from Saskatchewan, Canada, blah, blah. And it was Coulter was oh, like, it was crazy. down there. And, uh, and so it was Coulter wall, Tyler, and then us. And that's we, we played to, yeah. 
we played to probably i don't know 150 or something people i mean it was like <laughs> those are some lucky people on a, on a thursday night in nashville that's insane it's someone i think it was a whiskey riff shout out to those guys they're yeah they've been great to us and and have become good buddies but they they like went back in the archives and dug uh i think it was tyler had tweeted i I'd, i've never been good with twitter or anything yeah. but anyways he he had tweeted that night like nashville come hang and, and it, you know and it's that post of yeah. of yeah. me him and uh and coulter on that bill that night and uh and it was like the ticket was ten bucks, I think. Yeah. It was five bucks That's or ten insane. bucks. And yeah. uh <laughs> giving it and away. uh anyways, Whiskey Riff was like, um, you know, this many years ago on a Thursday night, you could have seen these three <laughs> yeah. guys together for five dollars in Nashville or whatever. And it <laughs> was just can, a cool little post. But now you can get a beer at one of their concerts for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or half of one. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. one more thing before we let you go. I want to hear mm-hmm. your craziest road story. Man, I'm I'm horrible at this. People hope, people will always ask stuff like this, and then I just like I totally just blank. Have out. you ever partied with Co Wetzel when you're touring with him? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> is he We've as had, much as a maniac as he seems? He seems awesome. I will tell you a Co Wetzel story. Um, so I've got a, a handful of them, and all of them I normally either get injured in some way, shape, or form, <laughs> or I just feel like the lowest point in my life the the following day but <laughs> the anxiety is what my wife calls it 100 percent. yeah co will kind of force the scaries on you the next day from a hangover for sure i love him to death but he's a wild man but um we were doing some shows this summer with eric church and uh man i don't know if i should tell this but it's pretty funny um and he like he his band and our band have gone back years and years same with like parker a lot of these guys like flatland and us toured the country together for several years but you know what i mean like we all go back way way back most of us and um and with co like i said though like normally anytime we would hang out it would just like take a turn and you know it it would be a, a foggy next day and I would normally have some kind of injury of some kind. And yeah. And the last time this happened was this past summer we were playing with Eric Church uh on several shows and this one was in Toronto, up in Canada. And it was us and then Co and then them that night playing together. And so we were like, Oh dude, we get to hang out. You know, we hadn't yeah. seen each other in a minute. And and so you know, we play our show, have a good time, and then we end up on his bus late that night. And they had all gotten into, like, UFC. And so, like, everybody's into, like, you know, just, like, scrapping it out, like, wrestling, like, UFC style, like, in the front <laughs> lounge. And I'm like, these motherfuckers, they're crazy. Like, what <laughs> yeah. is going on? Yeah. And they were, like, talking about it or whatever. And then it was like, okay, well, you know, we just keep drinking, keep hanging out or whatever. And then, like you know, two in the morning comes around and all of a sudden people are like, we're, we're, you know, I'm not really thinking the same at this point. And, uh, it's just like, we're straight up throwing bets on who can (laughs) submit who like in the front (laughs) lounge. And so like me and co wrestled a couple of times and then, and then he's a big boy, dude. Yeah. And then me and their, uh, their media guy, 
who was a super nice dude. That was my first time getting to meet him. Uh, but he, nobody told me this dude was like a wrestler in college. Like I, uh, he and he's a big, you. he's a pretty big dude. He's like not like too thick, but like a pretty like definitely taller than me. And right. um, anyways, and just Co got it in his head that he was like gonna bet. <laughs> I forgot how much on me versus him and um dude i i blacked out in the middle of it like i don't really <laughs> i don't remember it but i know that we battled it out apparently for like upwards of 10 minutes just like <laughs> seriously like nice. trying to kill each other like Hell trying yeah. to like you know <laughs> <Yeah>. submit <laughs> it is like uh fight club stuff and and uh anyways apparently i like i, I he he won and I got submitted, and uh, but apparently I like I threw his knee out of socket. Like he couldn't walk the next day, and I couldn't <laughs> breathe because my rib. Like something happened at some point, and again I don't remember it. Yeah, um, you'll have that. And uh, anyways, and after that was all over with. I think Co and I ended up, it's like I came back to, and it was like an hour later and I was still awake somehow. Like I, I somehow like sobered up a little bit enough to, to where it was like, um, I don't know, we were having a normal conversation or something. And, uh, anyways, and then I went to bed, like not feeling anything in my chest. And dude, I woke up the next day and I had a cracked rib. And oh, I literally could not, like, I couldn't breathe. Like, it was, oh. I don't know if you've ever had, like, a rib yeah. thing. I broke my rib. Oh, yeah, I broke a rib God. under my collarbone. Dude, yeah. it is so rough. Like, and, and we had to play that night. Like, we did two nights in Toronto with him. And so it was, like, 26,000 people. Oh, and, shit. And I couldn't, like, sound check. Like, I couldn't even hold. The guitar oh. was, like, did up against that rib. And it was, like. You know, I mean, it's like you can't even touch right. it. Like, and so I had to like wrap it up and do all this stuff. And I remember I went and saw him the next morning. I was like, dude, what? Like, what happened? Like, what were we doing? And he was just like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm sorry. I don't know. But did you make it through the show? Yeah, made it through. And, and, God. um, and I didn't end up going to the doctor because it was like I would fly home and I would have like, 24 hours or 48 hours right. we we would have like a day or two off and and so you're just seeing your family and then you're going right back and so we didn't really have time to to i didn't have time to go to a doctor and i went like a month later and uh he was just like dude there's no point in doing an x-ray because a month later i still couldn't breathe yeah. i couldn't it takes i think it took me eight weeks before I could like get out of bed on my own. There's like nothing you can really do for There's it. nothing. Yeah. And, and it blew my mind. Cause I'd never really gone through anything that, yeah. that rough with a rib. And, uh, anyways, yeah. So there's my ridiculous <laughs> road story. That's awesome. pretty, pretty stupid, but it was, that's awesome. You know, I love hanging out. Yeah. I love hanging out with their camp, but yeah, man, I really, no more wrestling, no more wrestling. Yeah. Well, thank you, man. We'll let you get back to it. I know you got work to do. Yeah, man. And uh, appreciate you coming on. Good luck tonight. Thank you. We'll be out there. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. It should us. be a good, good time. Luck. And uh, and yeah, March one's a new record. And, Everybody um, listen to it. Yeah, and go check go out. Spread it around. Go check out the new song before March one because it's worth it. 
That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, man. We've got there, well. There's. It's been a while. Just came out, and then all the way is that yeah. like slower piano song. Uh, that one just came out. Wish a you had your guitar. Ago. I'd have you do it right here on set. Yeah, man. <laughs> well, next time. Next time. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you. Appreciate yep, thank it you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Y'all have a good one. Yep, all right. Too. See. You. Storms running through the Midwest Like a bandit out on the loose And all the clouds are black as nightfall But all I see is you And rain's pouring through the window panes And the cracks of this roof Tea's boiling from the spout of the pot But all I see is you Like the nights in Salt Lake City Where the snow fell down too soon The people laughed and howled from their beers But all I could see was you And I remember our first night abroad As the sun traded ships with the moon There was a lot to take in for some eyes from East Texas But all I could see was you all I ever see is you I'll make my way to the doctor one day When my eyes don't work like they should Read the letters from large down to small But all I'll see is you And when I'm old and weathered From the winds of life that consume I pray to God the day I find my deathbed All I see is you Cause all I want to see is you Like a bandit out on the loose But all the clouds are black as nightfall But all I see is you And rain's pouring through the window panes And the cracks of this roof Tea's pouring from the spout